When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wooden! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Benjamin. I'm Ben Bullen. Man, we totally just uh, did the... um, Who's going to speak first? Yeah, we had kind of a standoff thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I lost. No, you won, man. Oh, that's that's a win. That's a win, oh, I think. Okay, yeah, we play we play chicken. I always try to think of something clever to say, <laughs> but you're a bit quicker on your feet. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, all right. So earlier we talked about road trips. Yes, in some did. in some upcoming episodes, and we actually have uh, a couple of surprising things about road trips. Um, if you haven't listened to our first ever road trip episode, then I hope you will tune in before you check out this one, because now what we're going to talk about is uh, something a little bit different. Yeah, it's um, this is long, long-distance road trip, really, mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. Uh, the first cross-country U.S. road trip. Coast to coast. Yep, right across the United States from California to New York and um, happened a little bit earlier than you might expect. Yes, yes, it did. Um, just as with the uh, the first road trip. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess we can – should we give away the, uh, the first road trip ever? Yeah, okay. Why not? Yeah. 1888. Uh, Bertha Benz. Yeah, exactly. Long, long time ago, right? Now, mm-hmm. the first ever uh, cross-country U.S. road trip. Mm-hmm. Um, early 20th century, we're talking about when cars were, were brand new. I mean, very, very new at the time. Not many people had them. There were very few in the United States, sure. very few in the world. Um, in fact, cars really weren't even a sure bet even even now at this time, even at the time that we're talking about. Because mm-hmm. uh, we're talking about um, early, early 1900s. Uh, 1903 to be exact. Right. And, um, people were, honestly, Ben, people were saying, even at this time, I don't know if this car thing's gonna really work out. Yeah, it's never gonna happen. Who needs a car when you have a horse? Yeah, you got a team of horses and a wagon. Mm-hmm. And a dream. And a dream. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. So cars were, were very, very primitive. We're still talking about steam powered cars. Mm-hmm. Um, this is early, early into the, the automobile. There's no uniformity of manufacturers? No, not at and- all. There's uh to not even to mention the lack of roads yeah. 
of infrastructure, yeah, which very, we'll, very few roads. We'll get into, but um, for us to start our journey on the first cross-country road trip, we need to uh, single out a man by the name of Horatio Nelson Jackson. That's right. Yeah, a 31-year-old physician from Vermont. Mm-hmm. And uh, he happened to be in the, I guess, you, you look at it, this is the right place or the wrong place at the right time. Um, he was in a, uh, um, I guess, the San Francisco University Club, which was kind of a uh, a meeting place of the, of the day. Sure. And uh, for discerning gentlemen. That's probably a good way to say it. Yeah. I hate. To, I was going to say gentleman's club, but that's probably not the right way to say that, is it? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> it has a negative connotation. Now. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But before then, before now, yeah. it was it was a. You know, you'd hang out, you'd talk about yeah. books of the day. I guess you'd smoke cigars, have a scotch. That's right. Right. You would, and uh, talk about politics. So he's there on May nineteenth, to be exact, mm-hmm. and they're having a conversation that is happening around the world at this time, mm-hmm. which is. What's going to happen with automobiles? Yeah, that's right. And they were saying that um, they they were all saying, I don't think it's going to fly uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, long distance travel, unheard of in these things. And, and really, what's the point? If you can, you know, take a, a horse on a short trip, it's just that much easier. Sure. Why bother with this contraption that's always breaking down because, you know, they were very unreliable. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were, I think, you know. Well, we'll mention how many how many roads there were at the time, but it was right. very very few um, paved roads at the time. It was just something that they didn't have a whole lot of faith in. Mm-hmm. And uh, Horatio Jackson here, he he happens along, or he's in this conversation, yeah, and he disagrees with them. Oh, he disagrees vehemently mm-hmm. uh, because he says not only does the automobile have a future, but it has an awesome future, mm-hmm. right? You know, great future, yeah, sure, big things, and so he's a dreamer. Yeah, and he's a doer too Mm -hmm. uh, because he raised the stakes a little and you have to wonder about how contentious this conversation must have been Mm -hmm. because here's what he does. He doesn't just say that the automobile is going to blow up and be the next big thing. Uh, He says, you know what? I bet you I can drive one across the country in less than 90 days. 90 days. And he's going to drive – all that way when you're talking about um, a country where there really are – I mean there's – you know what? I'm just going to say it. There were 150 miles of paved roads in the entire country at the time. And they were not contiguous. No. Those were within a city and you're talking about you know a paved stretch that might be a half mile long on the main street. Right. Um, or something like that. You know, Very, very, very few roads were, were paved. And here he is saying that I'm going to take – one of these brand new contraptions mm-hmm. all the way across the United States, and I'm going to do it in three months. And the bet was how much? Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. If, if I right. can do this, uh, quote to quote uh, Mr. Jackson, mm-hmm. then Dr. Jackson rather, then you guys will owe me fifty dollars. Granted, 1903. Fifty dollars is is worth a lot more in buying power. I right? know how much that is. How much is that? I looked it up. I, w- I went to the uh, U.S. Bureau of Labor and Statistics and looked up the uh, the inflation factor of this. And all right, here's the thing: it goes back about a hundred years. Uh, so I couldn't get all the way back to 1903, but I did go back to 1913, mm-hmm. uh, where a dollar was worth um, what today it would be worth twenty two dollars and eighty two cents. So um, roughly. In 1903, $50 was worth about 1141 bucks. Big I'm just giving you rough numbers here. You are so awesome at this. So, you know, that's, that's the bet. He's betting them about 1100 and, let's say 50, $1,150. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that he can make it all the way across the U.S. in 90 days. And he doesn't even own a car. <laughs> that's that's a good point we should talk about. Yeah, so. He doesn't even have a car at the time when he makes this bet. Now, that, that's uh, that's insane. Here's how I kind of understand or assume the conversation went afterwards because mm-hmm. his friends are like, okay, well, you'll have to do so then. We will bet you $50. Sure, and, gentleman's bet. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think maybe what sold them on that is that he didn't have a car. So <laughs> they thought surely this guy's not going to do it. So one of the most interesting things about any sort of historical tale is the part between the lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll you'll see it glazed over a little bit in our stuff um, when he comes back and he gets his wife to agree to it. Yeah. And then he gets some of the money he has. Now, let's keep in mind, he is a physician. Mm-hmm. So he he is much more likely to have uh, saved income, right, that Plus, he can spend on this. probably a wealthy gentleman. Absolutely. Likely. And, he must be because uh, the next thing he did after he had what, what had to be a very interesting conversation with his family, uh, he purchased a car. He got a – something that sounds pretty cherry actually. He got a 1903 Winton um, and he nicknamed it the Vermont oh, after his home state. He's from Vermont. Uh, now, I do know that – now, he bought this Winton used. Um, he bought the, bought the Winton um, for $3,000. So he's already twenty five hundred and or excuse me, he's already two thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars in the hole. That's right. Yeah. Now, now, just to I guess give you a, a ballpark on this, in two thousand eleven, three thousand dollars is about uh, sixty eight thousand five hundred dollars. Ben, that's that's the equivalent in two thousand eleven dollars. So you can imagine that his wife is thinking, like, what what is this guy doing? Is he? He's doing all this for this fifty dollar bet, which is, you know, eleven hundred bucks. But what is he thinking? He's thinking it's time to make history. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I, I think that's what it is, really, so, because it's been yeah. attempted. It's been attempted at this point. He's Good he's point. not the first to to think of this idea. Mm-hmm. He, there have been other attempts, and in fact, one of the people that attempted this was Alexander Winton himself, the builder of the automobile that he purchased, and um, not not that specific vehicle, but. Alexander Will, uh, Winton actually tried to take one of his vehicles across the United States, made it only as far as Nevada, mm-hmm. where he sunk in the sand so so badly that uh, he was unable to get his vehicle out. Even um, you know, wow. I'm sure eventually they got it out, but um, he just decided not to carry on with it at that point. And so, this does not discourage Jackson. In fact, I get the idea that this sort of encouraged and motivated him a little bit because. You work harder when you know that you can be a pioneer mm-hmm. in a field. So he's got this car. The The stats are pretty good for the time. Mm-hmm. 20 horsepower, right? Yeah, two cylinders. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, of course, this doesn't have all the amenities we're used to today, like air conditioning, <laughs> a radio, yeah, yeah. a windshield. <laughs> yeah, that, see, I, do, I wonder if you're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah, it has no windshield. Right. Uh, it has um, – well, there's no top. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he doesn't have, uh, you know, it, it doesn't have. I don't think it had headlights, did it? If it did, it might have had some uh, some gas lamps. Yeah, I was about to like say. That. Now I think he replaced those later on with acetylene lights. Mm. But um, really, this thing is it's very very primitive. This car, and when you look at it, it's a, it's a neat looking car because you can sure. you can check it out right now. You can find a photo of the Vermont if you want to, and see what it's like. But imagine taking this thing across country. Now he did have somebody with him. He took a guy named uh, 
I'm going to guess on his name. Sewell? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Cracker. That's let's, let's call him Cracker. Yeah. Sewell Cracker, uh, who was a 22-year-old mechanic. And uh, that's a smart choice, I think, to take along with you. Mm-hmm. Um, at the day, you know, because even, you know, when um, later on, much, much later on, even um, auto racing uh, people had mechanics riding along with him in the car just because these things broke down all the time. So it was a good choice to take a mechanic with him, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially, than, I mean, what are your odds of finding a mechanic in Aut 3 in the middle of the United States, yeah, you know? zero. I mean, you're going to find a a carriage mechanic who's not going to have any idea that you know how to how a machine like this operates because a lot of people, as we'll find out, hadn't even ever seen a vehicle, haven't even ever seen a car, I should say. Exactly, yeah, and and you could it's something where you could hear it probably a mile away, mm-hmm. and you would just stand in the street waiting for it, and you would see this contraption, yeah. Popping smoke out and making all sorts of strange noises. How awesome must that have been to see a car for the first time ever? I mean, you may have read about it mm-hmm. in the paper or something, the local paper, but you've never ever seen a, a quote hair, horseless carriage. Right. Exactly. So, um, this is this had to have been a big deal for a lot of people to see it for the first time. Now, they also brought a lot of equipment with them. They brought yeah. guns. They brought cooking gear. Mm-hmm. They brought, uh, of course, jacks and um, a spade. You know, so they could dig themselves out. They brought an axe, block and tackle, block and tackle, lots of rope. Yeah. Uh, which was a, a very good move, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is important, Kodak camera. Ah, uh, yes. Everybody remember that we said Kodak camera. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because, uh, this, this is important because his trip, um, surprisingly was very well documented along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he took a lot of photographs. He and his mechanic did. Um, and he, there's one other part of this that's, that's really important. He wrote letters to his wife constantly. Yes, um, like like every day. I know, and this is this is what's great about it is it, that it documented the entire trip across the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really told you know what they experienced that day, what they experienced you know in the evening, uh, the people along the way, photographs to accompany the letters, you know, to to show what he was talking about, and you know how they were stuck in the mud up to the you know the the body of the vehicle, mm-hmm. um, how they got out in a lot of situations, and the, the townspeople that turned out to see them and greet them, and uh, just. Everything along the way. It was, it's, it's remarkable how well documented this trip was. It became what started as a road trip and it sort of transformed or expanded into a study of America mm-hmm. at the time. Now, keep in mind, we should also say this. Jackson spends four days after making the bet getting ready and then he's off. <laughs> four days. Yeah. Uh, That's it. Which is really funny when you consider that the Packard Motor Car Company – have been planning its own cross-country trip for months. Yeah, and he didn't know about this. Yeah, he had no and idea. And they didn't know about him. Uh, so here's this big corporation that's got a lot of money and a lot of time devoted to this very same thing. They want to try out, they want to be the first. Mm. You know, the Packard crosses the U.S. That's going to be the, the headline everywhere, right? And Packard's going to sell a billion vehicles because of this, right? This is sort of like buying your own used spaceship and racing NASA to the moon. Exactly. And here's the other thing is that that's a good way to say it. And here's the other the other thing is that um, Oldsmobile was doing the exact same thing. He also um, did not know about they were they were they were planning um, a trip of their own, you know, across the United States to be the first, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, there's Jackson, who is basically an independent. I guess you want to call it that. Yeah, um, headed out on his own in another man's automobile. It's not really it's not the uh, Horatio Jackson mobile. Mm-hmm. He's out there right. in Winton, right? Yeah. 
So uh, it, this is a big deal, and it's making news everywhere because people start to hear about this, and they start to uh, realize that hey, our town's on this on this pathway. And even if you weren't in the town, it was still news uh, newsworthy mm-hmm. everywhere around the United, United States that this was happening. So it was a big deal. And so he he starts he leaves from San Francisco. Uh, he does know about Winton's adventure in Nevada, mm-hmm. so he says, "Let's go around Nevada." Yeah, and he ended up going. State. He ended up going way north. Yeah, uh, he went way north. In fact, he went up uh, like Northern California, and then on to Oregon, Idaho, Wyoming. That was his his route. Nebraska, you mm-hmm. know, across the United States. So um, th- there's a, a map here that you can look up, you know, and find out his tra- his travels all the way across. Yeah. But it, it'll show you the entire route and then the way he took. So he went way north and then came across the United States, which was a good move. And he had to buy the fuel because that's one of the big questions. Where did he get the gas, right? <laughs> yeah. He right. got the gas wherever he could, whenever he could, which meant most of the time he would find a general store that carried gas for farm equipment. Ah, see. And he would fill up his tank and then he would take as much as much extra gas, rather, as he could carry. Yeah, now, now his vehicle only held 12 gallons, right? But yeah. he was packing all this extra fuel along with him and, and gathering as much as he could along the way because there weren't gas stations. Mm-hmm. Uh, there weren't really mechanic shops on the way other than, you know, tinkerers and, you know, people that, you know, had some knowledge of metal metallurgy, you know, that could, yeah. you know oh. blacksmiths and things yeah. like that. And we, we mentioned this in the um, Birth of Ben's right. um, podcast that, you know, she stopped at pharmacies to buy um, – uh, some material that would burn that could serve as fuel, but by this time you can actually get gasoline that they're using for farm equipment, things like that, mm. because the the internal combustion engine is being used, but it's being used in farm equipment. Automobiles are so new that really there's no infrastructure for someone to make a trip like this. Right. That's what I was going to say. Oh, buddy, if you thought this was tough already, there aren't even reliable directions. No. There's no. just there's just some guy who looks hopefully. As a trustworthy character. Yeah. There's no maps. <laughs> Why would there be? Yeah. There's <laughs> no road map because there's 150 miles of, of paved road in the entire United States. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows, well, if you want to go to that town, you just go to the big oak tree, turn right and follow that path until it forks. And then you go to the – and, you know, here's the thing. He's got to rely on the kindness of strangers to tell him how to get to the next town. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, I, I need to get to um, Lakeview, Oregon. How do I get there? Go north for three days. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? That's right. And here's the thing. Like, this, this is a, kind of an odd little twist in this whole story, Ben. And I don't know if you, you read this or not, but a lot of times, you know, these, these people in this town would know he's coming and they'd say, well, this is, this is remarkable. We're going to have a car, a, a real live car here in our own town. It, he's going to ask for directions to get to this town. I'm going to tell him that it's this way and it's going to take him right past my uncle's house and his, my uncle's going to love this. And uh, they would intentionally – this didn't happen too often, but some people would intentionally give him wrong directions in order to kind of share the experience of seeing the car with uh, with their family. They'd say like I'm going to send – or a friend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send him – even though it's 17 miles out of the way, I'm going to send him up that way. And uh, then, then I'll find out you know how to get there from that point, um, which I think is pretty deceptive. Of course, it's very deceptive, but um, I don't know. People were excited about seeing cars, so I, I I don't know. You give them leeway wow. on this or not? Because the guy's trying to make a journey here, and, and they're, yeah. just, they're using it like a um, ah, not a photo op, really, but you know, kind of more of a spectacle. I guess to go back to the spaceship analogy, if I saw my first ever spaceship mm-hmm. and it landed, and some guy was like, "Hey, kid, how do I get to 
you know, how, how do I get to Washington, D.C.? Mm-hmm. I would probably tell him a way that, like, took him past someone I knew. Like, up through Tennessee where uh, right, where my family Like, hey, yeah. check this out. You're yeah. not going to believe this. I Okay, so I can understand it. It just – if anything, I've just proven that people don't change. That's really sad. <laughs> so, okay, well, stuff like this happened along the way. Right. right? I mean, so he gets, and he also has to get held up for a couple of days for various things like obstacles in the road. Yeah. And replacement parts. Oh, parts. Can you imagine trying to get parts? Like, let's say that you're out in, uh, Archer, Wyoming. Okay. Or you're in, uh, you know, Omaha, Nebraska. You're mm-hmm. in the middle of, uh, well, at the time, in the middle of nowhere. Right. Um, you know, how are you going to get a part for 1903 Winton? In um, what did I say, Archer, Wyoming? Um, how are you going to get a part? How are you going to get a, a drive shaft out there? I mean, that, that's the thing. You got to you got to rely on a horse and carriage to bring, or a horse mm-hmm. and wagon to bring you the part for your automobile. It's going to take days in order to get those parts, and they did often spend days, um, you know, waiting for parts. Um, one other thing, Ben, we haven't mentioned this yet. What's that? They picked up another rider along the way. <gasps> they did, didn't they? Yeah, um, they did. Okay, early, early on in the trip too, I think. Yeah, how early was that? You know, I don't know exactly the day. I mean, it's it's. I'm sure it's documented in the uh, in the documentary that they they've done on this thing. We'll talk about that too. But mm-hmm. um, they did pick up another rider on the way, and uh, it was a canine. It was a dog. They found a dog. A guy a guy along the way said, "Hey, aren't you guys looking for some you know kind of a mascot to uh, to take along <laughs> with you?" And he said, "You know what? Why not?" And uh, this dog, who he named Bud, uh, rode along with him the entire route, basically. Which really set the scene for a lot of road trips throughout American history. Yeah. And you know what's funny? They gave him uh, goggles, you know, to block his eyes from the sun, or not from the sun, rather from the uh, from the dirt and yeah, the, uh, and the debris and stuff, and stuff yeah. on the road. And uh, this dog, as it, as it turned out, they it loved to ride in the automobile with him, uh, which is really strange because you know dogs now love to ride in the car. Mm-hmm. They love to stick their head out the window. That wasn't the case in this one. They just sat in the seat, and you know, there's no windshield. Right. Um, but yeah, there's some really funny photographs of Bud with his goggles on in this vehicle, and he made the entire journey with them. See, I I had heard that he was there, but I did not know if he made the entire journey. He did because he, he they picked him up early. Early okay. in the trip. So it wasn't exactly from mile one. They but, picked him uh, up when they were like heading north. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When they're still headed north. He was on the west coast and uh, Bud became an east coast dog after that, you know, when he landed in Vermont with him mm-hmm. or in New York. Rather. New York City, yeah. But, um, you know, interesting, interesting photographs along the way. And it's kind of cool that they brought a dog along with him, I think. And, and I think later I read somewhere that they said that Bud was the only one that never swore the entire time. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but okay, also the there are some questions here. We've we've got this uh we've got this journey mapped out. Um mm-hmm. and as we've as we're starting to mention there's a documentary that you can see mm-hmm. that that'll explore this in detail. We should also answer a question that has got to be on everybody's mind. It was certainly on my mind when I first read about this. How in the heck did he manage to beat these other car companies. Oh yeah, here's the thing. He uh, he, they sent the car companies. Packard, you know, they had a machinist, an expert machinist that, yeah. that traveled along with the driver, and you know, this is well planned out. They're going to stop here, here, and here, and there's going to mm. be fuel along the way for them. They they had a lot of um, spare parts that were sitting in towns waiting for them, mm-hmm. um, so that you know they didn't have these days of delay waiting for uh, for materials. And in fact, they would have Packard would have beat. Um, Jackson to New York had it not been for what the, uh, like a, a a photo op or a um yeah a publicity, publicity stunt type mm-hmm. thing that they had had done on the way. 
it was that close. And uh, also, it helped that Jackson got a month head start on them, yeah. and more than a month head start on the Oldsmobile expedition. Yeah, and he, yeah. you know, the the tire trip, um, Jackson's trip took sixty three days, and which is, awesome. which is really good. Yeah, and you know, he made it. He made it just ahead of the Packer team, just ahead of uh, the Oldsmobile team, I guess. I'm not sure where the Oldsmobile – you know, there's a point. I didn't even find out how long the Oldsmobile team mm-hmm. took, but um, he did beat the Packer team barely, and he did know about them too. He knew that they were chasing them. He knew that they were on the way because, you know, both of these trips, it became something that people were watching because mm-hmm. what was once just kind of a, uh, a unique epic road trip really, a journey, became a race. And we love a competition in this country. Yeah, this became a, a race. And, you know, there were, there were people along the way that were watching both teams trying to get to New York first. Who was going to make it? So, so he wins. And here is where I, uh, once again show my thrifty colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, his $50 bet is not going to quite cover his expenses, actually. <laughs> no. You know, uh, how much did it end up costing? I know how, in today's dollars, it's 8000 but oh, wait, wait! In, no, no, in no. their dollars, it's eight thousand. In nineteen oh three dollars, it was eight thousand dollars. Right. So, do you have a calculation? That's, I do, and that's including now. That's including the price of the Winton, which is three thousand dollars. So, this is an additional five thousand dollars on the way. Uh, you know, parts and you know, yeah. food, whatever, he, whatever he had to trade along the way. Eight thousand dollars in nineteen oh three, and remember, this is nineteen thirteen dollars. I have to. So, this is a little right. bit less than what it should be. There's some adjustment. Are you ready for this? Hang on. Let me get. Uh, let me brace myself. Okay, one hundred and eighty-two thousand uh, dollars, one hundred eighty-two thousand six hundred dollars. You know, that's a lot of money. That's an awful lot of money for one road trip. But Sixty-three days, Ben. It's the first road trip of its kind. I think that's worth it. Yeah, you know what? To break, you know, to, to make history mm-hmm. and to break this record, you know that. Well, it's really to create this record. Um, I guess it was worth it, but. Man, imagine spending that kind of money right now to, to drive across the United States. I, I, the, but the thing is, you can't compare it to anything. You can't really say I'm going to be the first to do to take a uh, um, a riding tractor across the United States because it's probably already been done. You sure. can't you can't take a go kart across the United States because it's mm. probably already been done. You could try to ride an ostrich, but it'd be stop and go. <laughs> yeah, there's there's <laughs> stuff like I mean, I get there are ways that you could still be the first to do something, but. This was so new at the time, and there just wasn't the like we said. There was 150 miles of paved roads total. I doubt if they hit any of these paved roads on the way. Maybe in maybe in San Francisco, and then maybe in New York City. Maybe, possibly Omaha. Maybe, I don't know. It's it's really hard to kind of uh, you know make a comparison today what this would have been like. It's yeah, really difficult. It is very. It, I mean, you mentioned space travel. Uh, maybe is that kind of the same thing? Well, I uh, okay, engineers, stop writing the hate mail. It isn't. It isn't the same thing just because of I guess the terms of distance, but in terms of so- social context, mm-hmm. um, it's it's fairly similar. Like I would a, think, like just kind of a far out idea that I'm gonna yeah. get, I'm gonna be the first to do this. Yeah, and and I'm sure there were plenty of people in the San Francisco club asking, why would you do this? Yeah, you know, um, but. So he proved he, – he did. He proved that the, the automobile could be used for long-distance travel. Mm-hmm. And that was his whole point is that, yeah, this thing has uh, has potential. And he also, I think, made a – made this point in the right way because one thing that the United States loves is heroic individuals, men of deeds. Mm-hmm. And so by winning this, 
uh, impromptu race, uh, without even knowing he was racing in the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, he made a mark on history. And do I think a little over $100,000 is too much for us for that? Absolutely not. I think it's a bargain. I think you're right. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you really think about it, when, you, when you're when you talking about making history, you're talking about being the first, your name's going to be in the history books, mm-hmm. um, and just the uh, – I just – the guts that it took to do this. This was a, this is an incredible trip. I mean, it, imagine how scary that would be to be the first to do something like this. It really, it had to have been. Yeah, there, I mean, can you imagine, especially when you know that there are people who have, who have attempted unsuccessfully to do the same thing? Yeah. I'm just, oh, this talk, we, these road trip episodes that we're covering, you know, especially with us being in the summer season right now, mm-hmm. it's just filling me with wanderlust, man. Yeah, I, you know, I tell you, I love stories like this. I, I constantly on the road. I'm trying to drive as much as I can and see everything that I can, you know, within the area. I should have been born about a hundred years ago, Ben. I really should have. I've been thinking about this all week. You know, we've been, you know, kind of uh, uh, immersing ourselves yeah. in, in these road trip stories, and you know, you know, I guess the the pioneers of the days of the automobile. I should have been born a hundred years ago. Oh come on, man! I, no, really, because I, I I just I love. You know, the idea of heading out, you know, into kind of this unknown territory and, mm. and uh, being able to just, just having to fend for yourself, having to, to come up with solutions. We've talked about that in the past, all these all these um, quick roadside, fixes, yeah. roadside repairs and quick fixes. And you know that along the way they made numerous quick fixes and, and just were limping into the next town to try to get the parts. And, um, I, we, you know, when you watch this documentary, it's a PBS documentary, by the mm-hmm. way, by Ken Burns, and it's called Horatio's Drive. And uh, it's got Tom Hanks who narrates it. He reads the letters from um, Horatio to his wife. Horatio to his wife. That's right. So he's playing the part of Horatio. Um, very well done documentary. And the photographs are great. I, I mean, really, this this is something that I would love to have been a, a part of or doing something like this. I, You know, it's funny you say that because – I remember thinking that I was born a hundred years too early sometimes because I would love to be there, uh, when people have, you know, a colony on Mars. I mean, who's going to make the first really? road trip on Mars? So you're the opposite. You would, you would like to have been born later. Yeah. Oh, see, now I would have been, I would have preferred much, much earlier in the, the pioneering days of the automobile and, and, you know, with this kind of unknown wilderness to explore. I see what you're saying. That's that's how it is sometimes, though, because we we tend to look at the future and the past as extraordinary, mm-hmm. and sort of forget that uh, that our present time is awesome. I want to take a road trip right now. Eh, I don't know. You awesome. want to take a road trip? No, I could do without my cell phone. I could lose my laptop and not care. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's some television that I like, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, the radio. Eh. What about I don't a windshield? Really uh, I could. Take it or leave it. <laughs> Take yeah, really. I mean, really. I, I would uh, much prefer to go back to that era, and uh, and I don't know, kind of forge a new route. What a what an excellent question to ask our listeners too. Um, all right, guys, would you have rather lived a uh, hundred years ago or so at the opening age of the automobile now, uh, where the automobile is currently, or? A hundred years in the future to see what happens next. Hmm. We could get some pretty interesting answers there. I think so. We might get a couple people who want to live before the automobile. It's a good question. Yeah. All right. So let us know what you guys think. Hit us up on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Um, Scott, I am going to sign out of here and go on a road trip, but I will be checking our email as we do every day. So Have fun on that trip. Thank you. I'll take some pictures. Ivy Island. 
Yes, sir. Yep. A little weekender, not quite coast to coast. Mm-hmm. It's a heck of a lot of fun, though, and there's great. There's some great views of the ocean. Got stuff to see along the way. And driving through South Georgia is awesome. Yeah. I don't care what anyone says. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. But please send us some mail on the way. Uh, you can hit us up at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.